for downloading our latest podcast from Cathedral of Praise Church in Rockhampton. If we can put up that first passage of scripture, that'd be great. Let's all say this verse together. One, two. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Let's say it again. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. I want to just, if, if there's a title of my message tonight, it would be Dialing Toward the Abundant Life. Dialing Toward the Abundant Life. If there's a theme or a category that you'd put my message in, it would be Wisdom for Living. So there's a lot of scripture tonight from the book of Proverbs. And uh, Jim was right in line with what I'm preaching about because that's what he gave us out of Psalm 25, wisdom for living. In fact, verse 12, he shared with us there, talked about how that we've got to choose the best direction. We've got to choose and make the best choice. Who knows that life is all about choice? Everybody say choice. Life is about choice. We make a lot of decisions every day in our life, just subconsciously, but we just make them. Don't walk on the grass, go slow. Whatever it is, we just make it subconsciously, it just happens. But there are other, many other decisions in life that we've got to consider. We've got to weigh up. We've got to look at the pros and the cons. We've got to weigh it up because there are consequences. Everybody say, consequences. There are, come on, there are what? That's it, there are consequences to life. There are consequences to the decisions we make. I love the movies that, you know, have a little bit to do with uh, the reality of life or they take a little bit of a person's life and they weave a story around about it. And there was a movie that came out back in, I don't know, 91 or 93, somewhere around about that, just titled Rudy, Rudy, about a young fellow, Irish Catholic fellow from America and whose father uh, was Irish Catholic and he was totally into the Notre Dame University uh, uh, College uh, uh, gridiron team and that was his favorite team and this little boy grew up sitting next to his dad in his lounge watching this team and all he wanted to ever do was play for that team problem was he was my size and if you're going to play gridiron you need to be six foot four three axe handles across and uh huge and he didn't get a good enough score at high school to be able to go to university and so he just went and worked in the steel mill with his father and his brothers until his best mate was killed at only 20 something years of age and that triggered in him that he wanted to go pursue his journey so he just threw a few of his belongings together jumped on a bus and headed off to Notre Dame University but of course he realized that he couldn't get in because he wouldn't have the right score but he knew that there was another school there an entrance school that if he got the scores right there that eventually he'd be able to get into Notre Dame and I remember early hours in the morning wandering around and then he comes to this school and it's a Catholic school and he finds a a chapel and moves in there and, and not too long after a Catholic priest come in and said son what are you doing here And he got talking to the guy and the Catholic priest eventually said to him, he said, look, he said, there's two things I do know. Number one, I know I'm not God. Have you come to that realization? That you are not God? But number two, the God of the the gods can do the impossible. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a great story. And he made great choices, that young man, and put in a huge effort. He dialed toward the passion and the dream that he had in his life. 
But what we are to do, as it says in Psalm 25, and we can put that verse back up again, it says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Everybody say, your paths. Teach me your paths. Everybody say it, your paths. Teach me your paths. Pastor Greg shared this morning that with the cross of Jesus Christ, we've been made and born anew and born to a new life. But just because we've been born to a new life doesn't mean that we are free and we've got to make certain choices and certain decisions and lay proper foundations so that that freedom that has been purchased for us can fully be experienced in our lives. And that's basically what I want to talk about tonight, but from another angle. And that is the aspect that we have got to choose. We've got to make certain choices. On the God side of the coin, I think most of us here tonight know that he's God and that he's almighty God nothing is impossible to him would you say amen to that but also I believe that majority of us that have lived a little bit more than 20 years plus realize that it's not the God side of the coin that is the challenge (laughs) give me a smile everybody amen and the longer I live the more I realize this man side of the coin can be quite challenging And that's the side of the coin that I want us to look at just briefly tonight because that's what we've got to do it better. If we want to dial our lives to a more abundant life, we've got to continue to do it better. Everybody say better. We've got to continue to do it better so that the abundant life that Jesus Christ has purchased for us, we are able to fully lay a hold of, able to fully take a hold of. Because I want to walk more and more on the path of the wise than on the path of the fool. Is that your desire? Come on, speak to me. Is that your desire? Amen. Well, if that's your desire, let me say, let me encourage you that you need to take notes in the house of God. It's the fool that thinks that he can hear it all and and retain it all. It's the wise man that knows that he needs to keep something on him all the time to record things that God puts in his heart and gives to his heart. Hallelujah. You know, my Bible tells me that that God speaks to us in the early hours of the morning. Hallelujah. And reveals to us his secrets. Who wants God's secrets revealed to them? Come on, give me a wave. Who wants God's secrets revealed to them? Amen. Well, it's the wise man that'll keep something handy close by to record those things. It's the fool that never does it and wonders why he doesn't get a richly blessed life. Amen. Hallelujah. The cross has completed a great work and revealed to us an awesome God. But on the other hand, God doesn't bless stupid. Come on, say, he's preaching good now. God doesn't bless stupid. So if I've made a stupid mistake, let me learn from that. Let me gain wisdom. Let me gain understanding because I don't want to walk on the pathway of the fool. I want to walk on the pathway that God has for me. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but... The Lord delivers them out of them all. He delivers us out of all of our troubles. He delivers us out of all of our problems. That's the God side of the coin. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. Paul makes it very clear to us in Romans 8. He says, I face death all the time, all the day long. I'm considered as a sheep to the slaughter. I'm in hunger. I'm in shipwreck. I'm in stonings. I'm in whippings and much more. But Paul's experience was that though in and all and through those problems, 
Still nothing separated him from the love of God. And he quotes, he says that in Romans 8 verse 37. Knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things we are what? More. Everybody say more. Come on. In all these things we are what? More than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The God side of the coin is very clear in the word of God. But also is the man side of the coin we have a problem though laying a hold of it we have a problem making it happen we have a problem of seeing it happen daily in our lives that's the challenge Proverbs 25 28 says he that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls that's Solomon's way of putting to us that the greatest victory that we've got to win is the victory over self the greatest victory you've got to win is the victory over self. I've been in this church for a number of decades now, in fact, more than four decades, and the thing that I've observed is that those that are very talented, those that are very gifted, those that it comes very easy to are those that can miss out on the rich blessing of life and wander throughout life as easy as someone who has no giftings and no abilities and no talents at all. In fact, I find that it's easier for those that are the gifted and the talented to miss out on the pathway of rich blessing because they depend too easily upon their own ability and they don't take victory over themselves. Are you dialing your life daily toward an abundant life? Because every choice, every decision we make either dials us more toward God's heart and God's rich favor and blessing or incrementally, just fractionally, it dials ourselves away from God's rich blessing and favor upon our lives. Oh, hallelujah. He that rules over an inner man, hallelujah, will have victory, will have a life that's flourishing and blessed. I believe it's most people's desire to maximize their life in Christ. I do. Most believers' lives. And of course, the way that you're going to do it in life is to make sure that there's somebody that you're patterning after. Somebody that you're modeling your life after. I thank God for a pastor, Claude, who became my spiritual father when he came to this city and came to our church. And I have endeavored since then to model my life of faith and my life after his life. We've got to have someone to pattern and to model our life after. We've got to make someone that we're going to be accountable to. Otherwise, our flesh will find it too easy and we will not realize the full potential that God has for our lives. The greatest model that we have, of course, is Jesus Christ. He's the greatest man, the greatest man that ever lived. He was a real man. I'm telling you, he was a real man. He was strong yet gentle. Walked in humility before his father and before all men. And yet, wow, he was a man of steel. And we need to pattern our life after his life. Model and follow his pattern. He that wills to do his will, will win. The pattern of saying yes to his commands. Yes to his attitudes. What does the scripture say in Philippians? Let this mind be in me. That was also in Christ Jesus. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't fight tooth and nail that he would remain in his position with God, but he walked humbly to do the Father's will. Yes. We had to say yes to his virtues, virtues, 
patience, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. Now there's one in your inner man that you're going to have to take control of if you want to die your life to God's abundance in your life. Self-control. The difficult thing about self-control that I find is that I've got to have it turned on 24-7 non-stop. Is that right? Is that for you too? It's too easy, isn't it? It's too easy to have a few seconds lapse of not having self-control turned on. And next thing, my tongue has said something and I wish I could pull it, pull it back here and push it back in and reverse the tape. Who's ever had that problem? Oh, come on, you bunch of liars. Who's ever had that problem? Bless God, I'll have you all down the front here soon. Amen. We've got to have victory over ourselves progressively more and more. It's not something that we've got to have to work on in the first 10 years of our Christian life. We have to work on it until he takes us home. Come on. Otherwise, the law of degeneration will kick in. Because sin entered the world, the law of degeneration came in, and anything left to itself will degenerate. It will not get better. It will degenerate. Your marriage, sir, will not get better if you don't invest in it and and put blessing into it. It will get worse. It will not stay neutral. Same with everything. We've got to take victory over ourselves through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a fool who patterns his life after a loser. It's a fool who patterns his life after a loser. Jesus is the greatest winner. And he demanded discipline of his followers. Pastor Greg shared this verse this morning. He demanded discipline of his followers. In Luke 6 verse 46 he said, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? Victory over self, over my inner man, doesn't come by good intentions. Someone once said that the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. Ooh, that's an ouch. But it's true. Especially us men, we like to give ourselves a tick. We like to give ourselves 100 points just for good good intentions. Well, let me give you a little bit of marriage counselling here, men. Your wife will only give you one point for any little thing you do, not 1,000 points. Hello. Amen. Amen. We think we've got all these thousands of points up when we come home from work. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But the wife, well, she's only given us one tick, one point for going to work. So you just can't sit down on your derriere and do nothing. Everybody say, happy wife. wife. Come on, everybody say, happy wife. Happy life. life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. A man is to love his wife. A wife is to what toward her husband? Respect her, her husband. That's in Ephesians 5. Discipline is godly obedience. If you observe somebody who has excelled in life and you follow their pattern, you obey the way they do life. Transformation is my daily obedience coupled with the Holy Spirit's supernatural power. Then we'll have transformation. We'll have breakthrough. We'll go from glory unto glory. Who wants to go from glory unto glory? Come on, let's break it down a little bit. Who wants to go from glory unto glory in the understanding of their God? Come on. Who wants to go from glory unto glory in wisdom of God? Who wants to go from glory unto glory in understanding their friendship and companionship with brothers and sisters in Christ? Who wants to go from glory unto glory in being a fruitful witness for Christ? Come on. You see, you can't stay static. You will not stay static in life. There'll be an active 
working degeneration that takes place. We must come to the house of God, dialed up in our spirits, dialed up in our minds, that there's coming words from heaven to our hearts every time we come. And one of those is for me to take a hold of and meditate upon so that I grow in God's grace and become more fruitful. Who realizes that? Come on, who, come on, who's with me tonight? Who realizes that? That's right. Church is not some tradition we just follow and come to every Sunday. Church is not just some activity that we do because it's fun because the girls are here and the boys want to come and hang out with the girls. I know how it works. I was single once too. Amen. Just ask if you're my age. <laughs> no, don't do that. Amen. I didn't make quality choices back then. (laughs) We've got to say no to temptation. We've got to say no to sin. We've got to say yes to Jesus. We've got to say no to apathy. And yes, and be ready for God's word in our life. We've got to take charge of self and allow grace to rule. Grace is all abounding. Sufficiency kicks in, breaks you out of a cycle of less than into God's more grace. Hence you die your life toward a maximum of life in Christ. Paul spoke of it this way. Work out your... Yeah. Work out like in a gym. Work it out. You've got to take a hold of self every day. It's got to be a daily thing that you take a hold of. We've got to be doing the spiritual disciplines better today than we did yesterday. We've got to keep doing them better. Why? Because they are a launching pad. They are the connector of having an awesome encounter with God so that his glory is revealed to us in a way that it has never been revealed to us before. And when it is revealed to us in a way that it's never been revealed to us before, we have something greater to give to those that come around us. And that's the glory of God. And when we're able to give the glory glory of God away we're able to see the life of heaven break out in people's lives and that's what life is about come on church it's not to sit on our derriere and just have a whole heap of knowledge it's about meeting with Jesus it is I have a beautiful wife I have a fabulous marriage I'm called now an empty nester. Oh, I'm looking, enjoying that, I'm telling you. Got rid of the daughter and the son-in-law out of the house. (laughs) They're not here tonight, so I can talk like this. Glory to God. (laughs) If you're listening by radio, God bless you, Justin. Amen. (laughs) But I, I can't now sit on my derriere and say, oh man, I've done it. Raised kids, got them out of the house, hallelujah. Got good married partners, got three grandkids, it's wonderful. No, no. Life is about letting others see Jesus in our lives. From glory to? Amen. I want to see the miraculous happen, don't you? Amen. I want a city shaken for Jesus, don't you? I do. If that's the case, then a good portion of us have got to keep dialing our lives toward a greater abundance in Jesus Christ until it gets so abundant in our lives, everybody out there can see it and they'll say, man, we want to knock the doors down at the Cathedral Praise. We want to get in there because we want a double portion of what they've got. 
for that to happen, we've got to continue to evaluate, to consider the wisdom and the understanding and the insight that we have in our lives. We've got to take rule over our own spirit by saying yes to Jesus, yes to his precepts, yes to his principles, yes to his commands because in saying yes to those, you're actually saying no to a whole lot of other stuff that will diminish your life in Christ. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. In other words, when you take charge of your inner man, of your fleshly man, when you take charge of self every day and you're specific on what you're going to say yes to, what you're actually doing is you're living by a priority life, a life of priority. Does Jesus deserve the top priority? Oh, that was a bit weak. Does Jesus deserve the top priority? Amen. Every day. Every moment of the day, he deserves top priority. The price of championship is discipline. Let that sink in. The price of championship is discipline. Jesus is the greatest champion of all, I'm telling you. He sweated drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. He said to his father, if it be possible, take this cup from him but not my will wow there's a champion there's a champion who's taking charge of self right there not my will but yours be done and he disciplined his body and he went all the way to the cross and because of that hallelujah any who believe can be saved can be delivered can be set free oh what a champion he is change is not change until it's change. That's a great statement. Didn't originate with me. Originated by a gentleman by the name of Edwin Lewis Cole. Great ministry to men. Gone home to glory now. But he kept, he kept hammering away on that month after month through the 80s and the 90s. And he used to say, change is not change until it's change. Because the pathway of hell is paved with good intentions. And we've got to get off good intentions. And we've got to take action in our spiritual life, action in our lives. Work on the virtues of Christ. That gentleness and that self-control and that patience. And uh, all of those things, we've got to work on them daily in our lives. The rich blessing of God is only found on one path. It's only found on one path. Psalm 23 verse 3. He leads us in the paths of? He leads us in the paths of? Pastor Greg shared it this morning. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's it. You only find God leading you on one path. We've got to choose to live righteously every day if we want God's abundant life in every aspect and every area of our life. If you are compromising every second day and not obeying his commands, but doing what your fleshly desires want, doing what the world is doing and doing what they want you to do, then don't expect that there's going to be a flow of God's abundant blessing on your life continually. Because God's blessing has conditions. And those conditions are that we choose the pathway of righteousness and not unrighteousness, but the pathway of righteousness. Only those who deny self are following Jesus. That's a challenge, isn't it? Only those who deny self 
of following Jesus. I thought an interesting pastor Greg shared this verse this morning too. Luke 9.23 says, Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. The desire of every child of God should be that of David. In Psalm 143 verse 10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. In other words, David had a teachable spirit, a soft and pliable and gentle spirit before God. If you want to live in the abundance of God and that increase in your life, you have to develop a teachable spirit in your life that is gentle and pliable and soft before God. A teachable spirit is a very responsive spirit to God that when the Holy Ghost speaks to you about something that's in your life that ought not to be or there or an adjustment that you need to make in your life, you don't leave it for three weeks We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church or to hear this message in full, you can purchase or download a copy from our website at www.copchurch.com.au.